Hello and welcome to My PGCE, a podcast documenting my journey as a trainee teacher with a special focus on mental health. I am your host, James B. I'd say another week of the PGCE is done, but that would be a lie, for it is only Wednesday. I'm recording the episode now, ahead of time, because, one, I'm still in self-isolation, thanks to my case of COVID, and I'm rather bored, but I also have the time on my hands to record now, because at the weekend, on Saturday, when I would normally record the episode, I will in fact be up north visiting my partner at university. So it was a now or never situation because tomorrow I will thankfully be out of isolation and back to school. So this will be a short episode, but I may do a longer one next week to account for Thursday and Friday of this week. We will see. Anyway, the episode will follow the usual format, overview, then I'll zoom in on something. It'll just be the one thing this week, I think. And then I'll talk briefly about my mental health. All right, off we go. On Monday, I attended university, albeit remotely via Teams. But that was better than not being there at all. So I'm grateful to my subject tutor for making that happen. And I like the fact that throughout that day, I'd have just been associated with a laptop sat on a table, people would have been like, oh yeah, that's James over there, which amused me. The first session, we spoke about issues in education, issues in mathematics education in particular, and this is with a view to preparing for our next assignment. We spoke predominantly about maths anxiety, which was great because I had already decided that I wanted to write my essay on maths anxiety. Then in the afternoon, we had a session about curriculum, mastery, worked examples, among other things. The audio wasn't as great for that session and I struggled to hear what was being discussed, but I followed along best I could. On Tuesday, I mainly I continued with my maths anxiety essay and that's coming along quite well I think for a first draft anyway and then on Wednesday today this morning I did some lesson planning I guess so next week I will do my first teaching which will be leading the starter exercises for a year seven higher class. So I prepared 10 questions for each of those lessons next week. And I had a good think beforehand about what I wanted to achieve with the starter exercises. And I decided that in the first four questions, I wanted to do some general revision of topics that they have covered so far in secondary school, things like standard form, indices, 
multiplying, decimals, things like that. And then for the remaining six, I wanted to do some specific revision of topics relevant to that day's learning objective, which has to do with algebraic techniques, specifically expanding single and double brackets. So I wanted my I wanted the majority of the questions in my starter exercise to be bringing to mind the relevant prior knowledge so that when they see this new stuff about multiplying brackets, they'll be able to make the relevant connections with what they already know and thereby hopefully learn something. But I'll just be leading the starter exercise. So when it comes to teaching the new content, my my subject mentor will take over. But hopefully I'll build up to that pretty soon. We will see. And short though it was, that's the overview of the week. Okay, I now want to zoom in on just one thing. I say zoom in, it's actually got nothing really to do with anything that's happened this week, because not a great deal has happened this week. It's more just a general observation about the PGCE course so far. I want to talk about discovery learning and cognitive load theory in the context of teacher education. I guess what got me thinking about this was that I started doing some lesson planning this week, albeit only starter exercises. But lesson planning is just an exercise in problem solving. The problem being, how do I get students to learn the learning objective? And a lesson plan is a is an attempt at a solution to that problem. So, how do we learn how to solve problems? Well, there are different schools of thought on this, but one very popular idea is that we learn by doing. So this is called discovery learning, which originated with a psychologist named Bruner in the 60s. So according to this idea, if you want to learn how to solve problems, you do problems. If you want to learn how to plan a lesson, you plan lessons. And this seems to be the approach taken by the teacher educators on my PGCE course. They give us lots of resources, lots to think about. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty of actually planning a lesson, they just seem to let us get on with it to learn by discovery. But according to cognitive load theory, this isn't always the best way to go. So the first thing to know here is that Research suggests that the most important component of problem-solving expertise is schema acquisition. A schema being a cognitive framework or concept that helps us organise and interpret information. That's what we need in order to become problem-solving experts. We need these schema.
and how do we get them? Well, according to yet more research, the mechanisms required for schema acquisition and the mechanisms required for problem solving are substantially distinct. What this means is that problem solving, doing problems, can in fact get in the way of acquiring the relevant schemas and therefore get in the way of becoming a problem-solving expert. And this is especially true of novices because novices tend to rely on problem-solving strategies that require more processing power. They often rely on something called means-end analysis. This may be something you've done yourself. I know that I have. So if you're confronted by a new problem, which involves getting from point A to point B, then you start with point B and try to work your way backwards to point A. This is a legitimate strategy, one which novices often employ. But like I said, it takes up a lot of processing power. So much processing power, in fact, that there may be very little left to acquire the relevant schemas. And that's what you really need to become a problem-solving expert. So yes, for novices, solving problems isn't the best way to become a problem-solving expert. What novices need instead is more explicit instruction from their teacher. This may take the form of worked examples, so their teacher may have an example problem which they work through with the student step by step, explaining each step along the way. This frees up that processing power and allows them to start to acquire the schemas which will eventually turn them into problem-solving experts, at which point they'll be able to start learning independently through discovery. I'm trying to think of a good analogy here to explain it. Um, so imagine you're dropped into the middle of the jungle and told to find a way out. We'll consider two different scenarios, an expert scenario and a novice scenario. So first, in the expert scenario, what makes you an expert here is the fact that you've been given a map. The map is analogous to having the relevant schema, the relevant prior knowledge in order to solve this problem, the problem of finding your way out of the jungle. You hit the ground, you consult your map, and you head straight off in roughly the right direction. That's the expert scenario. In the novice scenario, however, you aren't given a map. You don't have the relevant schema. You have no prior knowledge. You hit the ground in the jungle and have no clue which direction to head off in. So I guess your only choice is to explore and hope you find a way out before starving to death or being eaten by the local wildlife. 
Anyway, I digress. The point is that no amount of exploration will compensate for the fact that you haven't got a map. Okay, that's my analogy and I'm sticking to it. Now, what has this to do with teacher education? Like I said earlier, when it comes to learning how to plan a lesson, which is indeed a type of problem solving, we're largely left to our own devices to learn through discovery, which would be fine if we were experts, if we had the relevant schema. But we aren't. We're trainees. Most of us don't know what we're doing. I certainly know I don't know what I'm doing. And I think this is confirmed by the fact that when I've been thinking about lesson planning or when I've been actually planning my starter exercises, I employ a novice strategy. I do a means-end analysis. I look at where I want to be. I look at the learning objective, what it is I want my students to have learned by the end of this lesson or by the end of this activity, and start trying to work backwards. And the strategy does work, but it's inefficient. It takes quite a lot of time. And my worry is that it may take up so much processing power that I'm not acquiring the schema I need in order to truly master lesson planning. Now, you'd have thought that if anyone on the planet was aware of this, it would be teacher educators. For example, the people who are leading my course. And perhaps they are aware of it. And I've overlooked something somewhere. But in any case, I know that I would appreciate, and I think a lot of the other trainees would appreciate too, more explicit instruction. I'd love a worked example of a lesson plan. I'd love to see an expert plan a lesson step by step and talk me through each step as they go. Maybe this is something I should ask for from my subject mentor, maybe, but but my subject mentor seems to be such an expert that he has it all in his head already. He seems to plan lessons on the fly and they seem to be great. He can respond to issues as and when they arise and seems to do it all effortlessly. So he may not be the best person to demonstrate a worked example, but I guess I won't know unless I ask. So that's what I wanted to zoom in on this week. Now, what about my mental health? There's not really much to update you on here. It's only been three or four days since we last spoke, and not much has changed. I'm still a bit worried that I may have lost my school stamina during my time in isolation, and also that some of my routines have, to some extent, collapsed. Although I've been doing my best to get up earlier and earlier each day, so that come tomorrow, 5.30 won't shock me too much. But still, I've been struggling to fall asleep at night, I think mainly because I'm doing nothing but sitting around 
all day, which isn't very tiring. So yeah, those are more or less the same worries that I had last week, but I wouldn't say that they're taking a toll on my mental health. I still feel pretty good. And yes, I think that's mainly due to the fact that I'm preoccupied. I'm very busy and I'm preoccupied with something I know is very important and very valuable. And that seems to be about the best defence I've ever had against mental health problems. Long may it continue. So there you have it. A short episode. I will perhaps do a longer one next week to make up for it. I hope you've had a good week, and I hope you will have a good week. If you like the episode, please spread the word in person and on social media. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at MyPGCEPod or email MyPGCEPod at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate and review in your directory of choice. Please also consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash MyPGCEPod and helping fund both the podcast and my PGCE course. Thank you and talk again soon.